This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Look right down any crowded hall. You'll see there's a beauty standing. Is she really everywhere or a reflection? One always calls out to you. The other's shy and quiet. Could there be two different girls who look the same at Sweet Valley, Sweet Valley High? Sweet Valley, Sweet Valley High? Welcome to Pi Beta Alpha, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of the Sweet Valley High TV series, episode by episode. I'm Anna Gary. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week, it's party time! <laughs> it sure is. Oh my goodness. It's absolute carnage. <laughs> it is possibly the most chaotic episode yet, which is saying something, it has to be said. You know, that's they've, they've set the standard pretty high for chaos, and yet they, they managed to outdo it. There's just so much cutting back and forth. It's like my oh. notes are a mess. I'm just like, I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> Oh my God, so were mine. Like usually I'd have a paragraph, you know, I'd, I'd do a paragraph break for each scene and this is like, each scene is two sentences. It's yeah. madness. <laughs> the mess, yeah. <laughs> well, it begins at the Casatel Wakefield where the twins are preparing for what we're told is the annual Wakefield slumber party. Are their parents going to be there? Of course not. Or are they mentioned? Also, of course not. <laughs> Never, of course, absolutely not. Yeah, um, yeah. Apparently, it's an annual tradition. They do this every year. They host the uh, the, the Wakefield Slumber Party. Um, so it kind of seems like at first it seems like it's going to be a weirdly formal thing because they're kind of talking about having to get decorations and invitations yes. and games and all this. And it's like, is it not just stuff that you have in your house? Yes. Like, <laughs> what's I mean, happening I, here? I, I don't know if our standards for summer parties uh, here on this side of the Atlantic were much lower, but yes, all this, these fixtures and fittings are mm. absolutely unnecessary in, in my experience. But anyway, they, they're doing a lot of preparation. And Jessica has uh, one challenge she's looking forward to, truth or dare. Yeah, apparently she's been fine tuning her questions. Uh, she's trying to strike a balance between, I think, was it like gentle humiliation and total mortification or something? Yes. <laughs> anyway, it turns out she's got it out for Lila is why she's so invested in truth or dare at the minute. Uh, and uh, yeah, Liz asks her if she's still holding a grudge against her. And then Jess reveals that <laughs> she's like, yeah, if Lila made you put fluffernutter in your hair, you'd be mad too. Apparently it took her three weeks to wash it out. So obviously I had to go finding out what the fuck mm-hmm. fluffernutter is. Did you oh, know what this was? I, I did, did but only, only because I uh, had an American housemate, my friend uh, Sarah, back in the day, and she informed me about fluff and fluffernutter. She yeah. had a jar of fluff in our house. It was I, a, it's a strange I, substance. I don't know what I thought of it. Absolutely bonkers. Yeah, no, like I, 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 I was familiar with marshmallow fluff, all right, but like literally only in the last maybe three or four years, like, um, but yeah, fluff or not. So yeah, for the uninitiated, it's a sandwich <laughs> that's peanut butter and marshmallow fluff. And like when I kind of Googled it, I thought I was looking at pancakes at first, but no, it's literally a san- a peanut butter sandwich, but also with marshmallow fluff. I have to say, oh. I'm intrigued. Um, have you tried it? Like, because I'm, no, I would well, be game see- for that. I do not like that sort of sweet okay. and uh, claggy, salty <laughs> peanut butter combo. 
like the fluff is so sweet i did try the fluff and yeah. it made me think that combining it with marshmallows was uh or sorry with combining it with feed of butter mm. was uh revolting a step but too far <laughs> i understand that it is a thing and yeah. much beloved so i have to say i'm I'm intrigued. Yeah, I, well, I need to seek out marshmallow fluff and shove it in with some peanut butter and see what happens. I feel like I think, it would work well on pancakes more so well, than a sandwich. Well, yeah, maybe as if you sort of present it as being a kind of a dessert mm, thing. I yeah. remember Sarah making a fluffer nutter sandwich, which was a sight <laughs> to behold. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure there's somewhere in Dublin where you can get fluff. Surely, yeah, like fresh or one of those fancy supermarkets yeah, that have like an American section will will have it. Yeah, yes. but oh my god, hilarious. Anyway, well, yeah, so I was I was <laughs> very invested suddenly in fluffy nutter. I was like, even this combination of words <laughs> sounds like a cartoon dog. I love it. <laughs> it is a very satisfying word to say, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Jessica, apparently speaking of food, wants uh, to order pizza, barbecue, and uh, Chinese food. But Liz is worried about the costs because apparently this uh, this is like the fucking Met Gala, like with the all the uh, <laughs> the arrangements Seriously, it's spiraling like, out of control I don't know what, like they have a budget for this thing it's like how is it not just getting your friends over and renting Dirty Dancing from Extra Vision yes. like that's that's what this is <laughs> well they have to purchase apparently decor games invitation like what the hell is going on because Eden's there too now and mm. uh, she um she and, and Liz seem to be doing all the practical work, but Jessica says she's the ideas person. And one of those ideas involves the football team. <laughs> yeah, she she points out that someone's got to make sure uh, that the football team is going to raid. And I had to rewind a couple of times. I was like, what is she saying here? And yeah, it's uh, I guess it's part of the tradition that the football team raids the party, um, which is very confusing. I, yeah, I don't uh, know why this is a thing. <laughs> I know it's just like I mean what I mean we see a raid later on but is, is mm. this ra- the raid we see later on is extremely extreme so I don't know what the uh, what the usual words are or arrangements are but um, I guess the the team just like barge in and then like throw things at everybody but then possibly join the party then it's a yes yeah it's a bit confusing it's kind of like it's it's a prank but everybody's it knows it. knows it's coming. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of strange. But they, uh, yeah, I just had no kind of context for it other than yeah, I kind of they kind of pop up every so often in like um, again like American like eighties and nineties movies where it's like there'll be a raid on like the girls' camp in Yay. like a yeah. sleepover camp or something or one of those kind of things. But like yeah, I don't know. I just don't understand. <laughs> well, Jessica is horrified to discover that it may not even happen because Enid uh, reveals that the team have an away game this weekend. Uh, so uh, Jessica's horrified wonders who will raid the party and we find out when we cut to Maddie and Winston in walkie-talkie mode <laughs> yeah uh, straight away we've got some military precision uh, on the go here so yeah Manny is uh, he's on his walkie-talkie chatting to Winston saying that Operation Sleeping Beauties is a go uh, they're confirming that the football team are away so it's up to them to crash the party and Winston's <laughs> getting the chess club involved so it's a, it's a different uh, kind of crew to the mm. usual Raiders different vibe <laughs> and then as this is what we mean by the rapid fire moving and uh, shaking in this episode we cut to Liz with Lila and Cheryl and Lila um, is mocking the whole idea even though she's going to it is just saying that slumber parties are so immature and silly but uh, Cheryl of course as a, a typical um I guess humble brag I don't even know or just a brag it's like oh you know when 
we were like shooting in Milan. We were always having slumber parties. It was amazing. It's so kitsch. It's cool. And of course, Lila changes her tune. Oh, straight away. She's like, oh, when I said ridiculous, I meant ridiculously kitschy. What can I bring? So she's all on board and uh, yeah, excited about it now that Cheryl is on board too. So she's very much following her lead, which isn't like Lila. She's usually the one kind of trendsetting. But there Indeed. we go. Indeed. Well, I guess she's still enthralled to Cheryl's high fashion ways. There you go, the glamour. <laughs> well, two Bruce, two, <laughs> charmlessly approaches Jessica and uh, he's got a proposition. Yeah, it is. I just, my notes also say two Bruce, two. <laughs> it's, just, it's canon now, that's who he is. Um, yeah, he swaggers or tries to at least out of yeah. some classroom. But yeah, he sees Jessica and he's like, oh, what's up? And she's like, your time. Bye. Because <laughs> she's just absolutely not yeah. interested. Um, but yeah, he reveals that he's going for dinner with his cousin and some of his cousin's Harvard friends and wants to know if Jess wants to join. Um, mm. He's like, yeah, my date cancelled. And Jessica's like, uh, Jessica Wakefield is nobody's backup uh, and then says that she's got plans anyway so she will not be attending indeed and uh, then Enid runs up and says she's got news about the slumber party they can, she's got all her mom's 50s dresses so they can play dress up now this sounds fucking amazing to me oh but God, uh, I know. <laughs> two Bruce two mocks uh, Jessica now her plans have been, reve- been revealed to be nothing more than a childish slumber party <laughs> and Jessica is enraged <laughs> as always <laughs> so we cut to Winston and I, I, like he's giving a sort of a military <laughs> briefing uh-huh. he's, he's commandeered a classroom he's got slides <laughs> <laughs> and oh, he's got some news about the vacancy that's been left for this nerd herd um, yeah. <laughs> yes that is accurate exactly what they are yeah it's gas like he's in like it's the full-on like darkened room projector on the go yeah. he's got like a, a pointer stick and everything so he reveals yes that it is up to them to provide the masculine presence at the wakefield slumber pest slumber slumber pest yeah. slumber fest um because yeah the football the, the football team were away and todd is at his cousin's house so I love the thought that like even if the football team were away it would be up to Todd on a one man mission <laughs> to crash this party somehow I don't know but they just kind of throw him in as well as like and also Todd is not here yeah. Um, so yeah so it's up to them to uh, to crash the party and he he flips to like a slide of the twins and it's gas because it is clearly like one of the promo photos yes! from the show <laughs> Um, but yeah, the whole room kind of breaks into this weird like cat calling when they see a picture oh, of the girls. Gross. And then Manny kind of joins in and it's like, dude, they're your friends. Like, what yes. are you doing? It's very strange. It is. Uh, like Winston and Liz, we are, ta- you know, our proper friends mm. in this. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, all that's forgotten as Winston outlines their, their ground-based attack. Uh, <laughs> so their plan is to confiscate the food, food supply and annihilate the enemy. He demands the next slide and... <laughs> Maddie has a surprise in store. Oh, yeah, somehow a slide instead has gotten in. Uh, we go from blueprints of the Wakefield house, which is oh, okay, yes. a little extreme. Uh, but yeah, the next one that pops up then is Winston sitting on Santi's lap at Christmas time. <laughs> it is actually like, a really funny photo. It's, it's very good. But it's also Winston as in this current Winston and yeah. not like a little baby Winston. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's too old for this. So it's a, a nice little embarrassing moment for him. <laughs> well, Winston uh, changes the subject and says that if any of them are captured, tortured and killed. Him and Manny will dis- disown them. Mm. So they're on their own, basically. 
Well, at the Dairy Burger, Cheryl and more of her bragging waxes lyrical about New York at Christmas time, and Lila agrees. Yeah, yeah, my nose is just like Cheryl's banging on about New York at Christmas. <laughs> um, like, yeah, it's, it's very much out of nowhere, this whole conversation, or at least seems like it. But yeah, Lila is uh, enthralled as well. She's like, yes, New York at Christmas. It's amazing. She's like, the three B's, Bloomingdale's, Barney's and Bergdorf's. <laughs> um, and then uh, Cheryl starts going on about the Philharmonic. And have at you heard li- them playing Handel's Messiah? But um, yeah, at the Lincoln like, Center. At the Lincoln, yeah, like, yeah, oh yes, I saw them at the Lincoln Center. They're divine, um, and they're like, oh, I love culture so much. It's just a really odd, stilted kind of conversation. Yeah. But uh, she takes the opportunity then to throw a dig at Jess, who obviously has no idea what's going on, and yeah. tells Cheryl that Jessica has box seats at Snoopy on Ice, <laughs> <laughs> which I would happily say myself. True, yeah. <laughs> I want to see that dog on skates. <laughs> well, Liz arrives and she is not pleased because apparently Jessica was meant to meet them at the party store with getting more supplies for this <laughs> giant fiesta and she didn't turn up. And apparently Jessica didn't turn up because she was tired from rollerblading. <laughs> Oh my, I love this line so much. It's like the most 90s line. Yes. Like you couldn't engineer it to be more perfectly of its time. And it's like, it's not even delivered as a joke. It's just like a matter of fact. It's like, no, I was too tired after rollerblading to come to the shop with you. It's just like, oh my God, Jessica, I love this. And not only uh, was she tired from rollerblading, but while rollerblading, she uh, broke Liz's Walkman on the boulevard, wherever the fuck that is. Oh, oh, the boardwalk, I think it was. Oh, the you know, boardwalk, sorry, if, yes. If, if you're rollerblading, it's got to be along a boardwalk or else and what they, are you even doing we, with your life? <laughs> we have learned from earlier seaside montages that they do have a boardwalk, hmm, which is never true. mentioned in the books. <laughs> so uh, Liz is really annoyed by Jess's laziness and unreliability. And she's like, you know, come and see me when you've grown up. And one, two Bruce, two notices this and snickers. And, uh, you know, this seems to be further proof of this in the slumber party that Jessica is nothing more than a baby. And he <laughs> says, what's the matter, Jessica? Miss your nap time. <laughs> so Jessica's even more annoyed. and yeah. She doesn't like this. Like the slumber party is losing all its luster in her eyes. Mm, big time. So at the Castletel Wakefield, Edith and Liz are going through all their supplies. So they've got board games, they've got scary movies, they've got a list of embarrassing questions. And then in another super, you know, quick cut, we find out uh, what the lads are up to. Yeah, so it's like Winston plus nerds are at, uh, they've <laughs> somehow managed to commandeer the moon beach now. And they're all dressed in camouflage head to toe and yes. going through their own checklist, which involves water balloons, silly string and breath mints. Currently, they're double strength. So I don't know if they all think they're going to get lucky. Somehow. I think <laughs> they the do, is. but uh, yeah. good luck, lads. Nah, not that bunch of nerds. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Winston, obviously, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> the chess club can sit this one out. <laughs> I know. They're kind of just a, really are a generic, you know, yeah. nerd herd. Well, again, th- these scenes are literally like three seconds long. It's so uh, quick. <laughs> we cut back to the casa and Enid and Liz are waiting the guests and Liz is calling up for Jessica, who Enid, um, Liz assumes is just sulking up in her room. Mm. And then, the, you know, I was going to say the doorbell rings, but it doesn't really. Everybody just walks in. It's Lila, Cheryl and some anonymous girls. Sadly, there's a lost opportunity to mention some of our faves. 
yeah it's just yeah a bunch of generic girls in behind is kind of just making up the numbers really but yeah it's it's uh Lila and Cheryl are kind of the main players that have arrived yeah I think there's like a cursory doorbell noise but they've all, they're already in the room at that stage yeah. like, right <laughs> in basically everyone just wanders in and out of this Wakefield house same with Todd in the last episode oh, just yeah. walking in like, not even her boyfriend anymore what are you doing well they're I mean the parents aren't there the doorways are the door, doors are always open <laughs> true <laughs> Well, Lila's bought plenty of beauty supplies and she's not happy with Enid and Liz's sort of fun time plans. And uh, then Jessica struts down in, in quite the ensemble. Yeah, she's wearing a very fancy, very little black dress. Um, she's got her hair done up in her usual kind of, I love Jessica's fancy hair is like these really tight curls are kind of <laughs> the look that she goes for. It's great. Um, but yeah, Liz sees this and she's like, what are you doing wearing a dress? It's only a slumber party. And Jessica's like, yeah. It is only a slumber party and uh, kind of stalks off through the through the group and says that she's got a more sophisticated evening planned than trivial slumber party shenanigans. And then two Bruce two arrives to collect. Of course, he just walks in as well and uh, says, oh, Lila wins the pillow fight. And in a delightfully timed moment, Enid checks her clipboard and says, 9.45. Oh, she's so cute. She's so earnest. Like, it's yeah. hilarious. And Lila just shoots absolute daggers at her and I think kind of bops her on the head with something as well. It's great. Well, Jessica announces that she's spending the evening with a more mature crowd and tells Elizabeth, you said I should grow up. Now I have. And Elizabeth says, but the party's a Wakefield tradition. Jessica informs her, not this year. Yeah, she, yeah, that's it. Because Liz kind of pleads with her to stay because they always throw it together. But uh, yeah, Jessica is out of here. She's got better things to do with her time. Well, Liz is miserable uh, that Jessica has bailed on this party for the first time. But Edith says they don't need her to have a good time. They have Twister. We cut to the boys preparing their attack. And then we get (laughs) one of the most chaotic montages of all time. It's... (laughs) I like I was so happy to see the montage and as it went on I was just like what is happening? <laughs> what is the purpose of this montage? <laughs> it's mostly just a montage of the girls playing Twister. Um, and, and not in the, a sexy way, unless you were listening, the oh, wondering no, 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 listeners. No. Like, no, it is it just is, Twister. Like, it's very wholesome. Yeah. They're all in their yeah. pajamas and slippers and falling over each other. Uh, actually, it is quite funny because it starts off with Ian blowing a whistle like yes. she's a drill sergeant and like <laughs> ordering people around the place and onto the mat and all the rest. But uh, yeah, it's all just kind of like, oh, we're all playing Twister and all falling over. We're all having it's a great time. It's sort of speeded up as well. Very much. It's very frantic, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, very frantic. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's the, the music is um, it's all like, what you doing tonight? Pretty girl, do you know who you're fooling? <laughs> um, it's, friends to the end, it's all going to be okay. So we see the boys go sort of... Burn of wood in Macbeth style. They're walking past the window, holding up trees as camouflage. We see Lila throwing the uh, game of Operation out the back door. We see Liz <laughs> emptying a bin uh, and into like a you know emptying the kitchen big bin. bin. Yeah, yeah, it's the big bin. Winston emerges covered in noodles and food. Uh, it's just chaos. And oh yeah, and also they're they're beautifying themselves, <laughs> and they're going like full salon like they have tinfoil in their hair they are uh they've got a full professional level hairdressing <laughs> kit as far as i can see it seems like it yeah they're going to town on the highlights because yeah like at least half if not three quarters of the girls at the party have foil in their hair and like 
that foil pretty much stays in their hair for the rest of the episode. And by the end, I was so stressed out. I was just like, please take it off your hair. It's being burnt to shreds. <laughs> Someone's going to just emerge with a handful of hair, of dry blonde streaks. Oh it's not going to be good. <laughs> Well, the montage ends and we cut to a game of charades. And all I can say, these girls are fools. They do not know how to play charades on a very basic level, like getting what the film, book, music things mean. <laughs> it was quite entertaining, though. I, will I, know, say. It it like, is, I think is. Cheryl is up first, so she does the motion for like it being a film. And Enid is just shouting absolute nonsense at her. She's like, the music man, Michael Jackson, fucking disco fever. I don't know what she's even on about. I think at one point she yells out Howard the Duck and Lila just like grabs her mouth and judges her because it's just like, what are you even talking about? Well, Cheryl holds up two fingers in the universally recognised sign for two words. (laughs) Anita thinks it's a V and starts shouting, Victor, Victoria. I mean, Cheryl is giving it socks in this. It is quite funny, but uh, she starts running on the spot and it turns out it's The Fugitive, which is very much of its time in the early 90s. Massively, yes. I think Lila guesses it correctly, so she's delighted with herself. And uh, yeah, then Ina tops up because it's her turn, apparently. Although, isn't it like usually the winner gets to go then? But anyway. Yes. Uh, Well, I mean, all bets are off in this uh, this, uh, (laughs) sub-party. It's very chaotic. And as my notes say, Ina goes next and is very confusing. (laughs) It was so confusing. Oh my God, I don't know what she was doing at all. Well, we cut to the restaurant where Jessica is dining with Bruce's cousin and this Harvard crew. And they're comparing Nietzsche with uh, Machiavelli's The Prince. And uh, then Jessica's asked for her opinion on The Prince and she's got quite a response. This is pretty funny, actually, yeah, because she kind of looks at them and she's like, oh, the prince. She's like, I think you mean the artist formerly known as Prince, which, again, super of its time and hilarious. But also, like, the vibe of this table is crushingly dull as well. Like, they all just look like absolute dicks. And yeah, I think when I saw them, my notes were just like sweater vest pricks. And that's kind (laughs) of the vibe of this whole table, really. It absolutely is. And uh, the waiter comes along and offer, asks if they want to order cocktails. And one of the crew asks for a seven and seven, which I've never heard of, actually. And Jessica, obviously trying to show off, says, I want an eight and eight. And the waitress is like, well, uh, if you're, you know, I want ID. And if she's underage, I can't serve any of you. I don't know. Is that, I mean, is that a thing? Like, I don't know. Not my yeah. experience, but it has been a while since I've been a underage drinker. Yeah, actually, that turned up recently, I think, in an episode of something else I was watching that was like, yeah, if one person was underage, then they oh, was like, no, no, none okay. of you are getting searched. Maybe it depends on the venue. I don't OK, know. well, it is crazily. I mean, the drinking age would be 21. So, you know, mm. I mean, probably in real life, uh, the uh, the Daniels twins would have. In fact, they would have been. Yeah, they would. Uh, this is only 1995. So they would have been underage themselves. Mm, yeah. Which always seems insane to me. I know. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, they... Um, they, like she's the, the poshos are they were already judging her and now they're pissed off with her mm-hmm. um but uh back at the casa everyone's still confused by Edith's chaos right uh, yes it's absolutely baffling she's um kind of just waving her arms around in the air she keeps scratching her head because the foil is making her head itch and it's like please take the foil out in it I'm so stressed about your lovely hair but anyway yeah everyone's just very puzzled and half falling asleep on the couch so it's kind of like some time has passed and they're still absolutely nowhere and still don't know what she's trying to do they still don't know whether it's a book film or music which is worrying I have to say I feel like 
<laughs> they've not managed to convey that. That is not the hard part in charades. True. Well, uh, everyone's exhausted and eventually Lila shouts, is it clueless in quite a pointed way? But no, it's the piano. <laughs> like literally none of what she was doing was anywhere approaching either the words the or piano. <laughs> or the film, the piano. So <laughs> I like that, you know, I'm very much enjoying the very early 90s vibe. So like all the mm. films that, you know, when that they uh, like clueless on the piano and... Uh, and the Fugitive, all the films I saw yeah. in the cinema at the time. So it's like, ah, it's great. So it's, it feels very, this is a very early 90s episode, I feel. Mm, very much. So uh, later they huddle very uncomfortably around a single chair to watch a horror film and all scream. And that's all that scene is. It's very much a filler. Yeah. But outside, the boys are still trying to get in. Yeah, I guess the doors are locked or the windows are locked because apparently plans A, B, C and D didn't work. Uh, So it's time for plan E, which apparently is to smoke them out. Um, So Winston has like a smoke bomb kind of thing ready to go. Uh, So he pulls whatever pin, I guess. Uh, What sort of bomb is this? at all but anyway the, the plan is to, to lash it in through the letterbox uh, in the front door so it'll smoke them out and then they can pelt them with water balloons when the girls come running outside uh, yeah. but unfortunately there is no letterbox to put it through so it, it goes off in Winston's hand so it's very like wily e. Coyote like off screen like flash of light and explosion which then cuts back to Winston <sighs> with like the hair on end and sooty face and like just smoke coming off yes, him, it is. which is very cartoonish and I, I do enjoy that I must say I did. it is pure <laughs> cartoonishness yeah. well it's truth or dare time <laughs> <laughs> and Elizabeth's up first and chooses truth and Cheryl asks her if she was stranded on an island with any teacher who would it be and of course, she says, it's Mr. Collins. I fucking howled at this. Because like when Cheryl asked the question, I was like, oh, my God, are they going to do it? She's not going she's not going to say Mr. Jaworski, is she? And then she fucking went for it. And I was so happy. Oh, my God. I loved this so much. Same here. And uh, I too shrieked. And then Edith asks, is that why you're always working overtime at the Oracle? And she's like, no. But I don't know. I think I wrote down like, like that she says no. And then my next line is just narrator. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Though, I mean, TV, Mr. Collins, both of them are, they're no young Robert Redford. No, very true. But I do enjoy that they actually just addressed the fact that like Liz clearly has a crush on Mr. Collins. Like <laughs> the book never really goes there, but it's like, yeah, that's definitely what's happening here. Yeah. <laughs> see it. Yeah. Well, we cut back to the restaurant where one of the douchebags says, Oh, I love Fovis. And the the girl says, Oh, you're such a radical. It's like, yes, it's so radical to to be a fan of a 90-year-old art movement that is now like pretty mainstream that you know there'd be matisse posters and like <laughs> like gyms and things it's uh but he says oh yes i'm going to the matisse exhibition in in new york city and uh this the girl he's talking to says so oh, my dad's on the board of the lincoln center and jessica tries to join in and it is again an example of how they're presenting jessica as frankly a buffoon 
True, yeah, but it also explains that weird conversation that Cheryl and Lila were having yes. earlier on in the episode because obviously Jessica heard that but didn't quite take it all in properly because when she hears the Lincoln Center, she goes, oh, well, then you must have seen Phil's harmonica. <laughs> and they're kind of looking at her like, what is she talking about? She's like, you know, the guy that handles the Messiah, he's amazing. <laughs> so oh, unfortunately, Jess is in bimbo dear, mode, dear. but it, it is kind of funny. In it was, I'll give it that. It was ridiculous, but... Music. Mm. It's just I think they really are pushing it to such unbelievable levels at this stage that I am a bit like, oh, come on. Come on. She's not that dim. It's not physically possible for her to be that dim. <laughs> or is it? I don't know. It's <laughs> she like she does. She does have some moments like that in the books as well, I feel like, where she'll say something and people will laugh because they think she's joking. Oh, um, that's true. So she still does, so, but she, she still doesn't look like a dummy because it plays as a joke. So yeah. she's never an Egypt really in the books. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Well, in this case, the snobs all snicker at her. Mm. And uh, Bruce asks if she's glad she ditched the slumber party for this. And she's like, I couldn't be happier. But the snobbish girl says, oh, a slumber party, how quaint. Who's the caterer? Chuck E. Cheese. And poor Jessica feels humiliated. Oh. Well, at the casa, the girls are yucking it up, basically. Having a great of a time. It's continuing with Truth or Dare. So Lila is asked for her most embarrassing moment. And she reveals it's when Bruce saw her as Tracy She on a blind date uh, because apparently the guy she was with was wearing a plaid polyester jacket. But I don't think anybody's too impressed with this as a confession. Um, so <laughs> she then uh, turns it on Enid, who asks for a truth. <laughs> Lila asks her, how far did you go with Jay O'Connor? <laughs> And Enid amazingly just kind of looks at her so innocently and says, just to the mall. Oh, Enid. <laughs> She's adorable. And everyone laughs. I kind of does go, oh, Enid. Yeah. <laughs> so the boys are still trying to get in from outside and Manny finds a ladder which allows Winston to climb towards Liz's bedroom, which now has a giant balcony, which has never been as evident before now in any of the bedroom shots. Like it suddenly has floor to ceiling doors. Yeah, like, yeah, big balcony doors. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe there was a curtain over that all this time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, of course, the ladder falls, leaving Winston hanging from the balcony in uh, with none of his, all of his friends seem to have completely vanished somehow, despite the fact that they... Yeah, I think he had sent them around the front to to pelt the girls with the water balloons because they're, you know, he has a plan. There's... There's military strategy at play here. <laughs> oh, fair enough. I'm sorry. I apologise, Winston, for <laughs> for uh, insulting the discipline of your crew. Um, so while he's hanging off the balcony, we cut out inside where Cheryl is doing a quite delightful sort of Carmen Miranda impersonation with a fruit basket on her head. Yeah, I guess she picked Dare because uh, she's singing like Chiquita Banana with, yeah, as you say, a big fruit bowl on her head. But then she kind of turns around and Lila takes a photo of her with Polaroid, which I yeah. guess is not in the spirit of uh, of truth or dare. They're being physical evidence of yes. people embarrassing themselves. <laughs> well, Cheryl will get a revenge uh, later on. But meanwhile, Winston is has made his way onto the balcony, but he... Um, he sort of scrambled in, but the he he's he hasn't made it into the house yet. And again, these scenes are so short. So we cut to the kitchen and Lila's doing I don't know if I looked away from my phone because I was watching on my phone while taking notes. Um she's doing something with the numbers. 
What is she doing? Oh, she, so there's a girl sitting in front of her and she's putting ice cubes down her top. So she's oh, counting the ice what, cubes. Ah. So she must have had to put like 15 or 20 ice cubes down the front of her top as her chair. So Lila's counting the ice cubes as they go in and having a great time with it. <laughs> well, this girl is very stoical because she is not like screaming in, in oh, anguish. This girl is hard as nails like. She doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Uh, so um, well there just it really does zip back and forth uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> she, Cheryl, Enid and Liz decide they're going to teach Lila a lesson uh, for her I guess her Polaroid taking mm. and then we jump back to the restaurant Jessica is still miserable and even to Bruce too admits he's not having fun True, yeah. The rest of the group head off because the waitress announces that the seafood bar is open. Because of course it is. Um, <laughs> Clubs so, for all! fuck's sake. Yeah, the posh bitch kind of gets up and she's like, ooh, oysters, my favourite. And heads off and you can kind of hear there's like a bit of like extra voices added in in the background. And one of them's like, you must try the crab. It's like, please stop with the seafood, <laughs> Jesus. But um, yeah, they kind of all kind of head into this, I guess, seafood buffet. But uh, so it leaves Bruce and Jess at the table and Bruce is like, you are absolutely hating this as much as I am, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Jessica says, uh, he says like, let's get out of here. And Jessica's like, if you insist. And off mm-hmm. we go. So at the casa, Cheryl has a truth or dare for Lila. And Edith starts to say, ask her if that's her real. And <laughs> Lila interrupts and says, dare, dare, dare. <laughs> that is pretty good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yes, it's quite a dare. It is, yeah. So Cheryl tells her that she has to run down the street to mail a letter. But that's not all. <gasps> she has to do so in a towel. And she throws a face mask on. Um, we get a brief, a brief cush to Winston. He's still stuck on the balcony because uh, the door is wi- um, the door slash win- French windows to Liz's room are locked. So he's, you know, banging and shouting and asking for somebody to let him in. And uh, then uh, Lila struts into the sitting room in her towel, but he's drive for two Bruce two and Jessica. Yeah, they arrive in uh, from their. Uh, I was going to say date, but I suppose it wasn't really a date, was it? No. Um, but yeah, she, yeah, I think Lila's heading off out the door as they walk in and Bruce kind of looks back and he's like, was that Lila? That actually tops Tracy She. So he reckons <laughs> it's even more embarrassing for her now. Oh. Yeah, she's there in her towel with her foil. Has she foil in her hair as well, I think? And she, the face oh, she mask. Does, so yeah. She's quite a sight, yes. <laughs> but the lads all come in too. They sort of dance in to cheers from the girls. So, uh um, Yes, yeah, they just abandoned any sneak attack attempts and just, yeah, just walk in the front door when it's open. <laughs> so I guess they've had enough of waiting around outside with their water balloons. But poor Winston is still on the balcony looking in the window and then Lila runs in, in her towel, sees Winston uh, with his wild, uh, sort of burnt, uh, sush-covered <laughs> vibe looking through the window, both shriek. And it's a slightly uh, laboured comedy moment, but it li- yeah, it, it goes on for just a few seconds too long. But yeah, yeah, they both yeah see each other and get a fright, and yeah, it's just the two of them screaming at each other through the window. <laughs> I have to admit that I was hoping for another Lila Winston. Like I thought there might be a bit of oh, fancy meeting Do- you here. Oh, I know. Yeah, me too. It's like we both look a mess. Let's get even messier. <laughs> it's like if they're going to be left alone together, it's like I'm always just going to think back to that Halloween episode. I'm uh, dancing. Like we've. Had Two <gasps> Lila Winston Sexy dancing, moments. You're right. Yeah, we need a third thing. Rule of three. Yes. Come on, lads. Deliver. <laughs> well, the season is we're we're not even halfway through, so there's still True. time. Uh, 
It's still time. Downstairs, Enid is looking for her Barry Manilow CDs, which I guess somebody has discreetly disposed of. That was uh, Lila, yeah. When she turfed uh, Operation yeah. out the back door, I think she took some CDs with it and just threw it all out the back. But also, like, <laughs> poor Enid. People keep throwing her board games away, like Cheryl throwing yes. her cheesy out the car that time when they were going camping. It's like, everyone stop dumping Enid's stuff. It's really rude. And also, like, just hide it. You don't have to, like, bin it or destroy it. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, she's... um, Jessica tells Liz that she had an amazing night out. She could have stayed there all night. And Liz says, well, so that's why you're back by 10 o'clock. And um, Liz, or Jessica says, oh, well, you know, you can't have too... Didn't want to have too much of a good thing. Mm. Then Bruce said, oh, I'm glad we ditched those boars. And of course, Jessica has to admit the truth and she says she's learned that being mature isn't all it's cracked up to be. Yeah, she reveals then that she got Liz something. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's nice of her. <laughs> so she hands this bit of paper to Liz, which it turns out is an IOU for her Walkman. Uh, mm. And Liz is kind of like, OK, and? And yeah. Jessica's like, yeah, what? Then she's like, all right, fine, I'm sorry. Uh, and Liz again is like, yeah, and? <laughs> like, there's more to this. And then uh, Jess promises that she will help next year with the the next annual sleepover and that she won't be so lazy and useless Hmm. in the planning. Well, I'm actually glad that this Liz is less of a doormat than book Mm. Liz because she does sort of hold Jessica accountable for her actions. And having got a proper apology and a vow to do better, I mean, leave Mm. that when I see it, Liz, but whatever, it's (laughs) probably the best you can hope for. Liz is like, come on, let's dance. And they strut off. And then Edith comes in and I was fuming on her behalf. Wait, wait. Because she's holding rags. And she asks, who put my mom's dresses oh, in the sh- trash compactor? The dresses, yes. Oh my God. Yes. If I had a 50 dresses. Holy shit. Yeah. 50 dresses. Bad. And someone shredded them, I would shred their face. Oh I, my they God. would not get out of that party alive. I can oh, tell of course. you. Yes. Yeah, so I kind of forgot what a trash compactor was for a second. And I was like, oh, they just get like squished or something. But no, that actually would completely shred them, wouldn't it? Yeah. And also, Jesus. it would wreck the. The like if it's the trash compactor in the sink, it would yeah. destroy them and the sink and the pipes. Oh. So, oh yeah, she's really done some damage there, <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Because Enid comes in and she's like, "Who did this?" And Lila, I think, is coming down the stairs in the background and kind of turns and flees back up the way because she was the one, of course, uh, editing all of Enid's stuff <laughs> when she got moments to. Well, um, I mean, I don't know if uh, if if Jessica or if Enid would. Uh, like wreak physical vengeance but I I wouldn't blame her if she had now unless Mm. there's like you know those clothes were literally ragged unless I'm misreading the idea of a trash compactor because in my I remember in my memory it's something that Mm. literally squashes down like rubbish and crushes it yeah um, and then there's the ones in this. I think this maybe the ones in the sink are knuckle compactors. There's so many different weird ways of disposing of rubbish in America. I just get confused <laughs> between them, but they are pretty ter- like you wouldn't put a dress in it, that's for sure. No. So I am uh, somebody who who does love a bit of uh, vintage mm. frockage. I am enraged, genuinely mm-hmm. enraged by this. I think this is the most upsetting thing I've seen in this television series so far. <laughs> You're really taking it, Harry. Are you okay? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I still haven't recovered after watching. <laughs> but uh, Enid gets some distraction from Maddie. Yeah, Maddie kind of bops on over to her and he's like, hey, Enid, and they dance together. And it's like, 
a, a little hint of their disco dancing <laughs> duo vibes. Uh, so they they have a little dance together and they look happy again. But also we we don't seem to have revisited this thing mm. that Manny very clearly seems to have a crush on Enid or they haven't really come back to that, I don't think. No, really they properly. haven't because Enid looks very into this. Like hmm. remember there was that moment where she was a bit... Ah! When he turned up at her house um, yes. and gave her a gift, but uh, she's certainly not doesn't seem you know uncomfortable Faced or with anything grooving yeah. now. Mm. <laughs> but then someone asks where Winston is, and we see him. Oh, poor Winston! He's been left outside because I guess well, Lila would have seen him, but obviously just didn't give yeah. a shit to uh, let him <laughs> in or tell anybody that he's trapped on the balcony. But yeah, he is, of course, still stuck outside Liz's window with his sooty face and his mad hair. Uh, and he's just kind of calling in and like, guys, can somebody let me in? Um, and then things go from bad to worse because there's a crack of thunder and <gasps> it starts raining on him. Oh, and that is the end of the episode. Yeah, it's kind of a weird little note to leave it on. I kind of thought somebody might let him in and he'd get to join the party. But no, we're left with sad Winston on the freeze frame. It lasts for quite a long time as well. It does. <laughs> yeah, they really milked it. Get the pathos in there. <laughs> well, listeners, that was uh, It's My Party and I'll Ditch It If I Want To. And uh, I hope you... <laughs> a laboured title and a frantic episode. <laughs> yes. Now, not, not, I mean, I don't think we still haven't topped um, false possessions yet. I think that has been the highlight of this uh, this season because it did have Miss Kitty. Though, I mean, does that top Todd being in a gang? Probably not. Oh, they see the gang stuff was pretty great. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And then like, yeah. I mean, and in fairness, Dark Side of the Moon Beach is the best title so far anyway, True. for sure, I would say. Yeah. Well, we'll hope, well, who knows, maybe we'll have a, a delightful, uh, chaotic episode next week to to raise the standards again, because I think this is this wasn't one of the highlights of the, I think this was one of the weaker episodes of this season so far. Yeah. Um, but look, but, again, and even with that, there were still plenty good lines and good little funny moments. So, you know, even even a week episode is still better than lots of other things. So, true. Yeah. It, was, it was still <laughs> extremely entertaining in my time. It was, you see. Yeah. We got the Mr. Collins on the Desert Island moment. Oh. And I mean, Jesus, that is going to take some beating. <laughs> <in fairness. laughs> That's true. Okay. I take it back. <laughs> well, Pipeet Alpha Sisters, what did you think? Do let us know because we always absolutely love hearing from you. Um, I can't uh, believe that we didn't notice something in last week's episode, but Pippi Ann Shirley let us know. She pointed out, so Winter Carnival in name only and the twin baffling what's-his-name who tried to date both of them at the Canvas Carnival? Sign me up for this mishmash of deep-cut <laughs> nuttiness. <laughs> Very How? true. He was, he was kind of pulling the, the, what was it, Alex and Brad move kind of yeah kind of be two people yeah different names true. at a carnival I actually I'm ashamed that we didn't notice this and Shirley <laughs> would be appalled at us <laughs> we were too busy cackling about the twins being carnies to, uh, <laughs> to actually take in the the implications of the whole thing <laughs> Well, Claire P.H. wasn't impressed with Jason or whatever his name was as uh, approach uh, because uh, she quotes, you know, in the list of his crimes, Brandy, he told you, you looked like a model, scoffs Liz. Bit rude. That's so true, actually. Yeah, because I remember even thinking that when we were watching it because it was like... She, like she was listing off all the ridiculous lies that Jason told all these girls and it was like oh you know you told such and such a person you were the drummer from Green Day it's like yeah. you told Brandy she's like a model I mean how ridiculous Brandy's <laughs> the dog was like kind of the implication there and it was like 
no, that's really rude. Brandy is gorgeous and you're kind of mean. <laughs> yeah, and Liz as well. If it was Jessica, yeah. you'd be in character. Well, that would actually, yeah. But it was very much like, how ridiculous for him to say that to you. And clearly that's not true. It was kind of <laughs> the kind of way she was saying it. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? That's really, un- like, no, no need for that now, in fairness. Brandy was lovely. <laughs> well, uh, Claire PH also said, Jessica went a bit telenovela with Jason. Wish she'd slapped him. That would have been good. And asked, mm. where was Lila? Was she still stuck with Miss Kitty? <laughs> Horrified cat emoji. <laughs> True, we had no Lila actually. So yeah, who knows? Maybe she was. Well, she obviously got out in time for this week's episode. So she's possibly done her, her community service as a helperina. Oh, uh, well, I mean, she's... We, we hope we'll get to see Miss Kitty again. Or do we have him... It's more morbid fascination with her, I think. I think I just want more answers for the yeah, setup. No, I, I feel like we're probably done with Miss Kitty and maybe it's for the best. <laughs> Too much of a good thing. You don't want that. <laughs> well, that's what Jessica said. So. <laughs> She's right. <laughs> Well, listeners, uh, our Prime Beta Alpha sisters, thank you so much for joining us in the clubhouse again this week. We always love hearing from you. At, uh, you can find us on Twitter at SVH Podcast. Yeah, you can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, we are on Instagram at svhpodcast, where Karen, as usual, has been producing some beautiful graphics, to some screen caps. It's a, it's a delight to behold. And we are so, so grateful to all of you for supporting this ridiculous series. Uh, we appreciate every single one of you, the wind beneath our wings. And uh, we will... Um, we will we will see you back here in the clubhouse hmm. in two weeks' time. Now, it's another uh, intriguing setup. I think this episode. It's uh, the name of the episode is Blunder Alley. Hmm. Yeah, sounds like there's going to be some mix-ups and misunderstandings. We can only hope. <laughs> I won't give the whole blurb. I'll just say it includes the line. Bruce installs a fortune-telling booth at the Moon Beach. Oh my God, I was very excited when I saw that, I will say. (laughs) I fucking love a bit of fortune-telling nonsense. (laughs) So we'll see you in the main feed next week for what we know, well, or maybe we won't if you don't feel up to it, for what we know will be a pretty grim grim one with Don't Go Home with John. But Mm -hmm. we will see you back here in the clubhouse for what will hopefully be a fun palate cleanser when we find out what happens when Todd and Liz go to Blunder Alley. (laughs) See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Thank <laughs> you.